such, you know, an interesting um, journey and adventurous too. Reading um, the verses for today, it was like I was in a film, you know. It was just so interesting. Everything was just popping out, you know. So we're going to be reading Acts of the Apostles, chapter 15, 1 to 21. That's our text for, for today. And I read, it says, while Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem accompanied by some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them much, they told them much to everyone's joy that the Gentiles too were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood up and addressed, addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He had no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. 
And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted as it is written. Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine, the Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of the strangled animals, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. May the Lord add more blessings to his words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't it interesting? Very, very interesting. You know, um, just reading through everything, um, the whole scene, the whole um, verses, the whole episode that happened, this is something that can happen in any church setting. So sometimes people feel that in church, there are no, there are no issues, there are no misunderstandings, there are no, you know, um, you know, everything is just peaceful and perfect. There are times where things are not in agreement with the other person. As we can see here that these were not outsiders. These were believers. Everybody involved in this, whether they were Pharisees, they were believers. Everybody here was a believer. So now we can see that from verse 15, it says that men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers with a lot of, you know, confidence and authority that, look, you people cannot just be saved like that. You have to be circumcised, you know. And Paul and Barnabas could not take it. They just, you know, entered into a confrontation and an argument with them. You know. We can see that the people that came from Judea, uh, from the notes in the, in the Bible, it says they were Greek brothers. Most times, the Greeks, they kind of have this superior thing about them, you know, being smart, intelligent, full of a lot of um, ideologies, philosophers, the great thinkers, you know. So it's possible that they may have all sat down and analyzed that it's possible that Jesus forgot this part because... These people cannot just be saved this easy. They have to be circumcised. You know. We really have to be careful because when strange doctrine is being introduced, it's always very subtle. If you ask them now, they will have a lot of um, scriptures to back up everything that they're saying. But this was just completely off the salvation story. 
there's no place for circumcision that um, was mentioned. But they were saying it so authoritatively. Sometimes people want to give themselves relevance, you know, by making up unbiblical and man-made rules. You know, just, they just come up with things and because of their eloquence and because of maybe their background, people can just be easily deceived. We have to be mindful. We have to be mindful, especially these days of uh, social media. Uh, all those platforms, you see people that don't even know what they're talking about, talking with so much confidence. And unfortunately, people follow them. People believe them. They don't have any proof for anything they're saying. They are just bold and saying the wrong thing. And people just follow sheepishly. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. We have to, we have to, there are many people that we have to unfollow now. What are they talking about? Unfollow them so that you don't find yourself in a ditch and wonder how did you get there. Because you are listening to the wrong, wrong doctrines wrong instructions. Verse 2 talked about how uh, Paul and Barnabas argued. You know, sometimes, um, like in Proverbs 26, verse 4 and 5, it says, don't answer, the fool, don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Then verse 5 now says, be sure to answer the foolish argument of fools, or they will become wise in their own estimation. You know, I mean, it sounds a bit contradictory, but what, the way I understood it was that in this particular case where the, the men from Judea came and they were speaking with so much authority, they were sounding like wise, and somebody had to counter them. Somebody had to, you know, step in and stop them. Paul and Barnabas, they had made so much traction, you know, preaching the word to the Gentile um, um, community, then some set of people coming and preaching what is not founded on anything. They just had to speak, you know, but we have to also be mindful. The first part that says, do not answer the foolish arguments of fools or you become foolish. Um, I, I wrote something and said, argument is some people's food, so don't, don't feed them and they become powerless. Some people are just looking for argument. Don't supply the argument for them. Don't give them a chance to uh, put you in what you will eventually regret. Always stay focused on what God has called you to do. We can see that um, um, argument is full of anger. You know, there's a difference between, we'll get to that, between argument and discussion. So, okay, so we move on to when, while they were arguing, most times nothing comes out of an argument. Everybody just shouts and pulls down the house and nothing is actually resolved. So we can see that um, they had to now send Paul and Barnabas to go to the church. 
when we have strife and conflicts, you know, there's order on how it will be resolved. There are elders in the church, there are leaders, there are ministers, there are pastors. Always hand things up. Things that are not handed up usually fester and cause division, cause bitterness, create gossip. So this was a right step in the right direction. Let's go to the church in Jerusalem. Let's take it to the elders and let's resolve this issue. Sometimes, you know, even the enemy can just, amongst brethren, just plant a doubtful seed about you to somebody else. And if you don't do something about that seed, it begins to degenerate. You know, somebody can already start judging you by what somebody else has told them without even knowing the kind of person that you are. So we should not even allow doubtful seed. Somebody should not come and sow any doubtful seed in your heart because that can degenerate and cause you to, you see the person, you even, you, you, you have already judged the person before you even get to know the person. It's because of some seed that somebody had sown. We should not allow our hearts to be the soil for such evil seeds. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I wrote here that a lot of people get into trouble because they don't have an accountability system in place. They don't have the people that they call elders. They don't have the people that they call leaders. They don't have anybody in their lives. When they're faced with challenges, they just do it anyhow they like. Then when everything is now mangled up, when everything has scattered, they will now remember, oh, I, I belong to a church. Oh, I have a pastor. Oh, okay. I even belong to a department. Oh, my house fellowship. But they didn't, you know, place them in the place of honor where they should be. So that when they're even in problems, they know that, oh, this is where I should go to. This is who I should talk to. This is what I should do. The Holy Spirit helps us. It doesn't mean the pastors or the elders or the ministers are perfect. But there's guidance. The Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit leads. And that problem that you may be looking at as a mountain, by the time you bring it, because of, you know, experience, because of different encounters, uh, maybe the elders, the leaders may have gone through, you find that, uh, ah, this mountain is not as big as I thought. You know, because you sought counsel. Don't run off on your own. Don't run off thinking that, oh, I don't need anybody. I don't, I, I can handle this thing by myself. God put us in a community for a purpose. And everybody is important. The street talked about them as they were going. They went on visitation. Your visitation should have purpose. Some people visit you and you regret that they came. Your visitation should carry encouragement. They visited, no, they, it, they were not visiting unbelievers. They were visiting fellow brethren. So Christians need encouragement. 
Sometimes you might say, oh, no, she's, no, she, Christians need encouragement. We need each other. We need encouragement. Paul and Barnabas, they went, they visited, they shared their testimonies. Maybe the house they entered, we don't know whatever they may have been going through, but by the time they heard those testimonies, there was joy. We should carry joy. We should carry encouragement everywhere we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we together? Amen. Verse 4. Um, let me see. It says, when they arrived, Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and the elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required. This was not what they were talking about now. Paul and Barnabas, they came and the church was happy. They were excited to receive them. I wrote here, honor to whom honor is due. You know, Paul and Barnabas, they have been hearing their story. Ah, these people, this is what they did. This is what they did, you know. So we should give honor. These are missionaries. We are here sitting down supporting missionaries, but there are people that are out there in the field. Just like our papi is out there planting churches. God honors these people. So the church, they were rejoicing. In the midst of the testimonies that they were sharing, the believers from the Pharisee sect interrupted it. Some people can just never be happy with you, so don't even bother. They are sharing exciting testimonies that people have not heard before. They just interrupted it. They said, these uh, Gentiles, they must be, that, that, I mean, at least rejoice with them. Celebrate what God is doing. Some people will never, we will never just rejoice with you. They will just keep saying, is it only you? Why is it only you? Must it be you? Why can't it be me? It cannot be you because of the kind of hearts that you have that is saying, why you? No. So we shouldn't be worried though. We shouldn't be worried. You can see Paul and Barnabas, they were on another level sharing what God was doing in their, in their lives on all the missionary journeys. And we can see that tradition, the Pharisee believers, tradition was so strong. We've been talking about this all through um, Acts of the Apostles. Tradition, tradition, tradition. It was difficult for them to let go of what they had been used to. This is a new dispensation you know, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. God is introducing new things, you know, but they kept holding on to tradition. As children of God, we have to be careful of tradition. There are so many traditions that even unconsciously, you know, these ones are not harmful. If they ask you, where did this tradition come from? You don't even know. You are just following and following. Why don't they call people in the night? You don't know. Say, so don't sweep in the night. You don't know. You know, if you now trace it, <laughs> trace it back, you now find out that it just, you know, just was a coincidence. You know, but it has become 
something that you don't shout somebody's name in the night or, you know so these ones they don't have any issues but there are some you know very strong traditions that want to derail derail us from the word of god god will help us to descend god will help us to be able to to cut off from tradition and allow the new life the new culture of christ to bloom in us in jesus name amen verse um six says um so the apostles and elders met together to resolve the issue verse seven at the meeting after a long discussion peter stood and addressed them as follows brothers you all know that god chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe god knows people's hearts and confirmed that he accepts gentiles by giving them the holy spirit just as he did to us he made no distinction between us and them for he cleansed their hearts through faith so why are you now challenging god by burdening the gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of god hmm. verse 6 and verse 7 I'll just talk about it a bit. When we, when we are faced with um, maybe any conflicts, the things that we have encountered, and we know that we need to resolve it, the Bible says that they met and discussed. Sometimes we don't want to meet. There's a problem. You don't want to meet the other party. You are not ready to sit down. You are not ready to discuss. But you are ready for argument. Argument does not solve anything because everybody will be shouting from their own ends. So I wrote here, difference between argument and discussion. It says that argument is built out of anger. But a discussion is more positive And each individual is polite to one another. So where I was getting this uh, definition from, I saw um, example, husband and wife. I don't know why it must be husband and wife, but that was, that was what I saw there. You know, some people believe that there must be argument in marriage. Why not discussion? Why must it be arguments? Argument follows anger, um, insults, you rain down causes, you know, and it is, is always very close to me that words, words are like eggs. So when you throw it on the ground, you now say, I'm sorry. Can you pack the egg? Yeah, you're sorry, but you have spoken a word. So you can prevent that by just being calm meet, discuss, discuss the issue. You don't need to argue. Everybody be polite to each other and get a solution. You may not eventually agree that deal, but you did not end up abusing each other. You can come back to the matter again 
So to resolve, you need to meet. Sit down, meet. Discuss the issue. You don't need to argue. You can discuss in a more positive way. We can see um, Peter. We know that um, Peter, like leader of the church, but like what we are learning now, positional leader. But he had to rise up to the occasion. He had to end the respect. Being able to stand up in the midst of the whole confusion and speak. Peter showed leadership by showing unity, love, inclusiveness, by calling everyone brothers. In spite of the disagreements, he called them brothers. We have to be all about keeping the peace. He could have taken sides, but he wanted his message to be clear. Everybody, he called everybody brothers. The Holy Spirit is not a rowdy spirit. It's not a chaotic spirit. So let's always be guided. Then, because of all that, you know, um, nobody could convince Peter otherwise. He had a first-hand encounter. So I have a note here that says that first-hand spiritual encounters silences the argument from the pit of hell. Our salvation story changed lives. Mind-blowing testimonies. It's what we should use to defeat controversies in our lives, in our minds. No, most importantly, Jesus is alive. That's a testimony. He resurrected. There's nothing the devil can do about it. Jesus is alive. So it's all these things that we bring to the fore to confront controversies, things that the enemy wants to, you know, derail us, confuse us. We have a testimony. We have a salvation story. I was once like this. This is what God has done. I'm a new creation. And once we declare these things, we have victory. Verse 8 talks about God confirmed the acceptance of the Gentiles. He confirmed it. But man now wants to, to you know, nullify it. Is that possible? It's not possible. Say so God confirmed the acceptance of the Gentiles by giving the Gentiles the precious Holy Spirit. Peter even said that God knows the hearts of men. I'm sure he was talking about himself because we remember when uh, he was sent to the house of Cornelius. He was quite reluctant. God saw his heart. God had to, you know, I mean, before he could even start thinking, they were at his door. Before he knew it, he was on his way, you know. Peter said that God knows the hearts of all men. God knows the hearts of all men. Sometimes when we see people, you know, 
acting how we used to be before. We are so quick. We are so quick to condemn them. But we were once like that. That was why, you know, Peter took the time to take, take them through all he had gone through. What he encountered. To, to help them, remind them again to build their faith. We have to show patience. We have to show maturity. Even in dealing with people that may not, you know, have encountered what we have encountered. But we were once in their shoes. So we know how it is. Verse 9, I said no distinction. God made no distinction between Jews and Gentiles. We are full of, you know, we are full of making distinctions. You are not as fine as I am. You are not as slim as I am. You are not as chubby as I am. You are not as black as I am. You are not as yellow as I am. We're always making one distinction, distinction of race, distinction of class. Who are you to talk to me? Who else can you be? There's nobody that has a different color of blood. All our blood is red. We are all God's children. We are all God's children. No distinction. So we have to keep showing love to one another. Verse 10 and verse 11 talks about the God challengers and the boarding places. God's word is forever settled. What is that situation that is challenging the work of God or what God has said to you? Can't prevail. God has said that we are limitless. We are limitless. It's such a powerful word. And being limitless, we have been declaring it Every day, every Sunday we say it. If we put it up, our I am confessions, you know the one that stands out for you. You know, you know what keeps you moving. When you are down, the word of God there says, I am comforted. When you feel less, it says, I am enough. When you feel unloved, it says, I'm loved. No, you feel trapped. Says I'm delivered. So God has an amazing word for us. Let us connect. Let us connect with it. Nobody can challenge the word of God in our lives. It is settled. Settled forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the burden places, we should never place burdens, unnecessary burdens on people. Some people, that is their work. You just like to inconvenience people. Where you know you can, you know, make it light for the person. You add more load. You add more load. This was what they were trying to do. The Gentiles... I mean, it's, it's, it was a miracle. They are being saved. They are being changed. They are being transformed. Then these ones now want to add circumcision. Circumcision, is it a joke? It's not a joke. It's not a joke. If it was, even for a child, it's not a joke. Then an adult, you want to circumcise, 
they can forget the salvation after the circumcision. It's, I can't remember which of my children, but after he was circumcised, it was like the pain was so much he couldn't cry. He was just shocked, like, what just happened to me? Then maybe they cry after some days, you know, but I mean, we should be mindful. The Bible says that we should cast all our cares upon the Lord. He's the one that bears our burden. He's the one that carries it for us. We should not specialize in making people uncomfortable. We should make the work easy for them. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 11 talks about um, where the concluder said, we believe we are all saved. That's what uh, Peter concluded. The same way. The same way by the undeserved grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If, if the Lord wanted them to be circumcised, he wouldn't have, you know, released the Holy Spirit over them. You know, he wouldn't have done that. And we can see that Peter now said, okay, this one's not there. I've received the Holy Spirit. Is there anything stopping them from not being baptized? So the grace of God, the grace of God is sufficient enough for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 12 says, everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them. Paul and uh, Barnabas, they can't stop this, their excitement and testimony. This time around, they said everybody listened quietly. Nobody could speak. Nobody could oppose them. You know? And we can see that testimonies, we should not underestimate testimonies. There's power in testimonies. There's salvation in testimonies. Deliverance in testimonies. And their testimony coming just after Peter speaking, it was further to support what Peter had just finished saying. Let's learn to show love. Let's learn to support each other. We are all on the same side. All on the same side. Peter's testimony is Barnabas' testimony. Barnabas' testimony is Paul's testimony. Paul's testimony is our testimony. I mean, every time, you know, um, pastor shares about the, the crippled um, boy that was prayed for and he jumps up. Who is never excited? I'm always excited. It's like this thing just happened here. You know? We're all on the same side. And God is doing a great work in our lives. He's transforming us. We shouldn't take our testimony for granted. Verse 13 says, when they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. You know, what was happening here, everybody was supporting the leader. There are some people that their work is to fight the leader. Their work is to counter what the leader is saying. Their work is just to scatter. But we can see Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas they continued their testimony to support what Peter had said. James now entered his own. 
and now quoted the scripture, verse 16, it says, Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of Jacob. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. Hallelujah. So we are not, we are, I mean, it's not just, they just remember Gentiles. This thing has been settled. It's a kingdom mandate already. God's plan all along. We are not an afterthought at all. We are not an afterthought. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. So I'm rounding up now. James further went on to support all the support, bringing scriptures. They, I mean, you would expect that all these people that we are there, the um, uh, Pharisee believers, Pharisees, they are supposed to have dug out from the from the scriptures a lot of things. But when your mind, when your heart is not in the right place, you start choosing what you hear. You start choosing what you want to know. You start so that it favors you. If they had a, a, a more, you know, dropped the traditions, had a, a, a better mindset towards the word, they would have found this scripture. They would have known and won't even have all this wahala. We need to spend time. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time praying. Some things that we go through are just because we don't even have time to spend with the word of God. I have here that some leaders can be charismatic, eloquent. They can speak big, big grammar. But we have to be sure that what they are saying is lining up. There are so many things happening these days. Somebody will come, some assault, you know, we marching on people and believing that he's walking on air, you know. We have to be careful. We shouldn't be carried away with all the altar gymnastics. God is not complicated like that. He's not. Verse 19 says, and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Straightforward. Don't make it difficult. God is not about difficulty. He always makes a way. We learned um, last month the wayfinding God. The waymaker. He also is a wayfinding God. Matters can be resolved. The word of God has the solution to everything that we need. Every seemingly, you know, problem that we are facing. The word of God has the answer to it. But we have to humble ourselves enough, put ourselves in the right posture to be able to receive that word that can change us, that can make us who God wants us to be. Hallelujah. Then finally, verse um, um, 20 and 21 says, instead we should write and tell them, to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. 
for these laws of Moses have been preached in the synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for generations. We can see here as um, um, James was concluding, you know, when, when you're trying to resolve an issue, it's always good to give something to the other party. So, we can see wisdom playing out here. So, they cannot just say, ah, they have something to hold on to. A common ground. So, even in our resolutions of different conflicts we may have, we should always have that wisdom to find a common ground, you know, for everyone. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think I've finished. Um, it's just so exciting. Just so exciting. You know, as verse 19 says that, and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. There's an opportunity to turn to God. There's an opportunity, you know, to, to, to make your ways right with God. Because he has, you know, great things in store for us. We are not an afterthought. He has a plan for you, but you have to connect to that plan. You have to be, you know, in alignment. You have to have that posture in your heart to receive what he has for you. So I just want us to just take a brief moment. If you're here, you want to give your life to Christ, you may be online. We'll just have a brief prayer. It's not difficult. Just open your heart. Salvation is by faith. The grace of God is available to save and to deliver. Father, we thank you for your children that are coming to you today. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will save them like only you can. Father, you will put in them a new spirit. Father, spirit of life, spirit of joy. Father, you will take away everything that is not of you, oh Lord. And Lord, you will make them whole. Lord, let your seal of life be upon them. Father, we pray that you will snatch them out of the fire, out of the holes of the enemy. You transfer their names from the book of death and hell and write their names in the book of life. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you because you are good. Thank you, Lord, because you always hear us when we call. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So if you have questions, this is time for questions. We'd like to welcome Papi. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome, sir. Good evening. Thank you. Yes, sir. So if we have questions, please let's send them in. I have, I think, one, two, two questions. Um, I wanted you to please talk about the, the men from Judea. <laughs> what can you say more about them? The men from Judea that came confidently with that uh, doctrine. 
Well, I mean, the deduction of circumcision. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think you um, you you were correct when you said that they probably looked at at it and they said ah, it can't be this easy for these people. Let's <laughs> let's throw some spanner in the wheel. Maybe they didn't even think of it like that, but that's what they were doing. So many times they represent those in our lives or in our community that insist on making life difficult for other people, you know? So there are people that have come to serve God, you know, and just come to serve God with a pure heart. And we say, okay, if you don't get circumcised, <laughs> you're like they said, Circumcision is a small thing, even for a baby. <laughs> Talk less of a grown grown man, you know. I mean, it's 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 brutal, you know. So, um, the men of Judah that brought the you know, that insisted on the doctrine of circumcision were adding to the work of salvation. We're putting a stumbling block on the path of people that come to God, um, that want to come to God by faith. So we have to ask ourselves, are we in that category? You know, do we make life difficult for people that are sincerely seeking God? Or do we make life more difficult for people? It's a question we need to ask ourselves. So what is it, Pastor Nina? We shouldn't be a stumbling block. I mean, because even Jesus has a special message for stumbling blocks, people that stand in the way. So I don't think that's a good place to be. Nobody should be a stumbling block to the flow of the gospel in anybody's life. Amen. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay, so yes, I have another question. Okay, we can see, I mean, when I was reading the, the verses, I, like I said, it was looking like a film to me, you know, it, it, a lot of action happening, you know. So that means it's, it's typical to have um, arguments, to have misunderstandings in church, you know, some people... When you hear church, ah, church, they have misunderstanding, you know, they take off, they, they, they go somewhere else. I, I mean, why is that? Why do people, when, when, I mean, when there's some trouble, when there's problem, they're not ready to face it. Why do they take off? What do they, how, how do they see church? I mean, why are they not ready to face and deal and resolve and move on. Some people just leave. When you ask them why, ah, if you see what that person did to me, they say, I mean, so did you call the person? No. Did you talk? No. So how is it going to be so, you know, so why? Why? I mean, several reasons. Um, none, of, none of which are, is valid. None of which is valid. Um, so um, some people have just gotten used to that kind of lifestyle which is flight so 
so when they see any kind of conflict, they run. It's just from childhood. Mm. They just they just take off, you know. And that's why their life is, you know, just flaky the way it is mm. because not planted. Pardon me. I said not planted. Yes, not planted. It's it's difficult to see a <laughs> if you see and let's say a mango tree or an agbalomo tree that is not planted, that is just floating, but it's bearing fruits. Will you eat that fruit? <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's the dinner? Eh? So <laughs> if on your way home now you see a, a floating a tree. tree. Floating. The tree is just like that, you know, hanging in the air, you know. Hmm. And and it's beckoning for you to eat its fruits. Lord of Jesus. <laughs> and the, and the fruit looks so, it looks so juicy. Hmm. We, we won't do that. But we consume crap from, you mentioned it, from people that are vagabond, people that are not planted, that are just floating, you know. So they say something confidently, you know. And People are confused. Mm. We don't do that in, in, with, with the analogies of life that God has given us. Mm. Shouldn't we be wiser in our, in our dealings and relationships? So some people just, um, they fly, they, they are, they are, their response is flight. You know, they just take off. You know, some other people, it is, they are used to um, my way or the highway, which is, when it gets into a situation, they, it must be their way. So they come into a church, they have their own idea, it must be their way, or they join a department. And they discovered that there's a clear vision here. There are systems, how things are working, and they try to influence the leader to go their direction. The leader says no. After a while, they either try to co-opt other people you know, to build some form of rebellion or they just leave, you know, so that's another reason. Some people, um, they don't, they don't, um, they don't, it must be their way. So for some others, it could be something that, like you said, they just don't have the understanding of the process of, of heaven, so the process of God, so for resolving conflict. So for some others, they have conflict and because of pain, you know, they just leave, you know. So instead of ending it up, these guys went to the elders, the elders deliberated, they went through a process, they came out and said, this is our position. And from that time on, again, like you rightly said, everybody aligned with the position of the apostles. Everybody aligned. Now, you can look at even the statement of James and theologically pick holes in it. You know, you can. I mean, I, I can if you want to. You can theologically pick holes in, in the statement James made. You know, 
but everybody just aligned, mm. you know, for the greater good of yeah. the cause of Christ. Exactly. So, so when you have people that don't regard that, that have no regard for the greater good of the cause of Christ, they are more interested in, oh, this is how I am thinking. Oh, this is how it is. This is how I see it. Oh, that's how James saw it. But this is how I see it. That is my truth. That is your truth. <laughs> and, uh, the formula for confusion and chaos. Mm. You know, that is not the order of God yeah. at all. Okay. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you very much. Very, very helpful. So do we have questions? Okay. We have some questions online. Good evening, Pastor Nina. Good evening, Good evening Papi. Good evening, everyone. Okay, so far, one question has come in. The question says, what's the difference between holding on to the word of God in faith and filtering a part of the word of God to benefit you? Should I go? Yes, please. Okay. Um, maybe how I understand it, you know, like what I said um, towards the end that some people just select what they think you know should be the word of God for them you know the one that they know will actually convict them they leave that one aside you know so the word of God is the word of God you cannot uh, compartmentalize it that on Monday, this is what I will use. Tuesday, this is what will work. And uh, Wednesday, I will, I will not apply what I did on, on Monday. The word of God is the word of God. The word of God is whole. The word of God is complete. Then the part where it says, what's the first part? Talk about faith. Should I read it? Yes, the first part. What's the difference between holding on to the word of God in faith? So, yes, so holding on to the word of God in faith, you are, um, maybe you're faced with a particular challenge, you're faced with, okay, maybe let's say a health situation, and you have the scriptures that are speaking concerning your health, holding on to that word is applying faith, even in spite of what you're feeling, you are not moved by what you are feeling. You are declaring what the word of God is saying. Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, you are declaring it over your life. So that's what I see as a difference. There you are applying the word of God concerning a particular situation. Instead of just filtering, you know, what works, what should work for you or what can, you know, work for you. The word of God is complete in itself. We should not... Um, um, select which one works for us. The word of God is whole and complete. Papi? I can't hear you. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yes, you, you're correct. So another example would be we trust in God for children, for the fruit of the womb, and um, you are holding on to the word of God, then your cousin says, oh, there's one baba in, the, in one corner that's, you know, it's a fact. That baba 
also uses the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, I've heard all sorts of things. You, mm. you, it will shock me, you know, mm. that, you know, and that, they want to mix, hey, they want to mix things. Yeah, so, so it's like, God did not tell us not to, not to be wise, mm. you know. So, let us, you know, so, you need to, you need to decide, am I standing by faith or am I altering the word of God to, um, to suit myself? So, yeah, that would be an example. Thank you, sir. We can't mix. The word of God is complete in itself. Nobody should come with any story about any Baba. There's no Baba stronger than the Baba of Babas. Amen. Hallelujah. Any, no more questions? Okay, do we have any questions on the house? Okay, so, um, Papi, do you want to, do you have anything to say? Anything to add? Uh, well, I mean, well done. I mean, it's, it's a very, very um, key passage of scripture, you know, and we will always find ourselves as believers where, is it going to be by grace or is it going to be by works? You know, is it going to be in every area of our lives? It's, this is a, this is a tussle between grace and works. So, and at the end of the day, works, going by works is very brutal. You know, it's very brutal. You know, there's always blood, you know, while going by grace, you're like, okay, so, so that is it. That's the, yes, that is it. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, you confess him with your mouth, yeah. you are saved. Yeah. And that is what, that is all that there is, you know? And from your heart and from your, from your inner being, your life begins to flow. Yeah. The life of God rather begins to flow through your life, begins yeah. to flow through your You are empowered, mm. you know, to do the things that God wants you to do. So that's that's it. Well done, uh, Pastor Nina. Thank let's, you very much. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Nina. Amazing. <laughs> thank you, sir. Okay, thank you very much for joining us for Thrive. Um, thank you, Pastor Nina, for an amazing teaching. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And so it is and shall be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. To God's very house, who are we? Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.